Hi, I'm Michelle, and I'm... Wait, am I the straight-laced psychotherapist? I thought I was going to be the unconventional hypnotherapist, and you were going to be the super serious trauma specialist. No, you were going to be the relationship expert. Like, love expert. And you're going to be the specialist who guides people with down-to-earth techniques for transmuting trauma? Yeah, yeah, that's me. Okay, good. I'll be the love expert. I mean, I am the love expert. I think we have this all sorted out. I'm Laura Richer, founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective. And I'm Michelle Mooney, a therapist at Anchor Light, and this is Holding Ground. Today and every Monday, we've got a little bit of everything for you. Shall we? Yeah, let's do this. Good morning and welcome to Holding Ground. My name is Laura Richer and I'm the founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective in Seattle, Washington. And as always, I'm here with my co-host, Michelle Mooney, and she is our resident trauma and as well as couples therapist at Anchor Light. And we're here live on 1150 AM talk radio, or you can find us anywhere where you listen to your favorite podcast, iTunes, Spotify, and all the other podcast platforms. So good morning, Michelle. How are you? Good morning, Laura. Good morning to our listeners. I'm good. How are you? Good on this nice early Monday morning. That's right. Yeah. Well, Laura, today we are discussing the seven signs that you might not be living up to your potential. And just as a reminder, at Anchor Light Therapy Collective, we offer a complimentary consultation to all potential clients who want to discover how therapy might help them achieve their goals and determine if they're living up to their potential. Yes, check it out. So today we are talking about living up to your potential, which is an idea that comes from an American psychologist, Abraham Maslow, and he was best known for creating Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which is a theory in psychology that talked about uh, fulfilling innate human needs in priority, culminating in self-actualization. So Maslow talked about the concept of being self-actualized, what he identified as a human being's inherent need to realize their potential. Um, And so realizing your potential means something different for everyone, but it is something, it's a challenge that we face as human beings to find our purpose and make meaning out of our lives. And that's a lot of what our clients at at Anchor Light are, are trying to do. They're coming to us because something feels off. Maybe they don't feel like they're on the right path or they're not, uh, they don't know what their purpose is or life doesn't feel like it has meaning. And so these are the kinds of things we talk about clients all the time, right, Michelle? Absolutely. Absolutely. Folks feeling stuck, right? Is this really what I'm supposed to be doing with my life? Or I didn't think this is how my life would be going. Um, So, you know, really, like you're saying, how do we figure out how to live up to our talents, our potentials, right? Our own individual drive. Um, So question for our listeners, we're wondering, have you ever really sat down and investigated within yourself where you are in your life? So more specifically, are you living the life you're settling for or the life you're meant to live. So, and a lot of times folks don't really know the answer to this, like we just said. So to help with this today, we have seven signs that maybe you aren't living the life that's meant for you, but we also have seven ways on how to fix those. So, and of course, working with a therapist, like Laura said, can help you identify and work towards the life that you are meant to live. Um, So the first sign that you are not living up to the life you are meant to live, not living up to your potential is you are numbing your feelings. So things like drinking too much, working too much, um, shopping excessively, overeating, gambling, you know, too much time on the internet, any way we can really numb our feelings. 
and we're doing this because we're trying to feel something other than what we're feeling right now. So if we're sad, you know, maybe we'll have that pizza or the two pizzas or whatever, maybe because that's going to make us feel a little bit different, right? Um, because we're not feeling good. We're feeling discomfort, dissatisfaction, you know, unrest. And that's definitely a sign that something's not right. Um, so, you know, to, the need to distract from the discomfort is always a way of avoiding it, but we're not really facing it, right? So it's always going to be there. So if you're doing this, right, you're not living the life that you want to be living. Yes, the need to distract or numb is a big indicator that you're not going in the right direction. So how do we fix that? Well, the answer is simple and difficult at the same time. It's to just stop numbing yourself. Notice when you're trying to trying to numb yourself or distract yourself and start to ask the question, what is this about for me? Why am I, what is this uncomfortable feeling trying to show me or tell me? And see if you can't start listening. Your, your emotions are your internal guidance system. So we don't want to avoid our emotions. We want to just be curious about what they're trying to direct us towards or what to, to indicate what they're trying to indicate to us. So some, some reasons that people try to distract is that they're not feeling connection um, or they're not doing something that they feel like that matters. Maybe they don't find their job to be meaningful or their relationships feel superficial or maybe they're just getting by and they're not really challenged by their life experience. And so maybe it's kind of boring. Um, whatever the feelings are, you just want to start to question what is what is going on with me? Why am I uncomfortable in my job or why am I dissatisfied in my relationships and and see what kind of information you get from asking yourself those questions so i've talked about this many times over the years but in the my early part of my working life i just had jobs that i found to be horrible and dissatisfying but i needed to make an income and that was the only way i really could see that i could make a living i was doing work that i could make a decent paycheck but i didn't find it meaningful and so I was constantly looking outside of myself for something to feel better, um, whether that was going shopping or going ha to happy hour with my friends or just watching a lot of TV, getting caught up in relationship drama, whatever it was at the time. It was all things that I would use to distract myself. However, there was no resolution in that. So I wasn't really able to resolve that issue until I started asking the questions, why am I trying to numb myself from my life? And what would I need to do in order to have a life that I didn't need to be numb from and I could actually feel fulfilled and start engaging in? Right. And look where you are today. So yeah, and I found um, myself yeah. going a totally different direction. What about you, Michelle? Have you ever noticed that you were numbing and, and asked those kinds of questions? Sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, to a certain extent, a lot of people do this and like here and there, right. That that's okay. Right. Okay. I had a hard day. Maybe I'm going to go out with my friends and kind of blow off some steam. Right. But when this becomes a repetitive pattern is when we really have to look at it and say, okay, this is maybe a temporary relief, right. I'm not having to think about how much I hate my job or, you know, how worried I am about my child's performance in school or whatever it is. So, you know, over time, when this is what you're doing every single day to, 
you know, temporarily feel better, then we really need to start looking at it, right? And whether it's over substances or other actions that distract us, right? If we're engaging in those to deal with our problems versus really sitting down, like Laura, what you're saying and investigating, right? Okay, what, what am I covering up here, right? This hurts so bad that I have to drink too much or I have to gamble too much. So what is the source of that pain? What do I need to look at here, right? And that's a lot easier said than done, um, but you're gonna get exhausted of numbing and you're just gonna be just as miserable, if not worse by engaging in this behavior. Well, and eventually it will probably stop working for you. So I think there yep. comes a time when the distractions really don't work in the beginning. We do need a certain amount of numbing and distraction in our lives. Like you said, if we've had a hard day, there's nothing wrong with just like turning your brain off and you know playing a game on your computer or watching a show or you know whatever going out and having a drink with a friend and unwinding and that there's nothing inherently wrong with that it's when you're doing it excessively or or there's something that you're actively trying to avoid in your life and like you said it is easier said than done you know when you need to make big changes in your life often we don't make those changes because we don't know how to start or we don't even really know what the change is that we need to make you know mm -hmm. using my job as an example um I knew I didn't like my job, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I didn't know how to figure out what I wanted to do. And so it was easier to just avoid that than to ask these big questions that are hard to answer. But it's in the asking of those questions that you're going to start to see new possibilities. And it certainly won't be the second you ask the question. There will probably be a little <laughs> time and processing and investigating that needs to happen. But they are, instead of avoiding those things, you want to go into them because eventually you can't escape them. Eventually they're going to they're, they're going to need to be addressed. And the longer you put it off, it's usually harder to address them at that point. Exactly. Yeah. The longer you do it, the longer it becomes this ingrained habit that you have. I'm feeling pain. I'm going to reach for, you know, the pills. I'm in pain. I'm going to, you know, do some other sort of like, you know, ultimately self-harm sort of behavior, right? That's going to just keep setting us further and further back. So um, yeah. And right. it doesn't even have to be, you know, things that are potentially dangerous, like self-harm or substance use. It can also be things like just staying super busy. So you don't have to think about your own life or focusing only on your kids or only on your partner or just doing things that aren't, you know, necessarily life-threatening in any sort of way, but you're avoiding yourself. You're avoiding your own, mm -hmm. your own needs. And that, you know, going back to Maslow, we do as human beings have this desire to reach our full, full potential, whatever we define that to be. And that's going to be different for every person, but there will be a sense of dissatisfaction if you aren't pursuing the things that are meaningful to you. Laurie, and you touched on something real quick there about, you know, your attention being solely on your children or your partner. And, you know, that's when we start to tiptoe into codependency territory, mm -hmm. right? Where we're, we're only functioning to take care of others and helping them, right? All of our attention's on someone else. So what, what happens to us, right? We kind of come this shell almost of I'm just here to serve others, right? And really not living up to, you know, all of the things you were meant to be, right? Of course, you're meant to be a good partner and a parent, but there's other things there too. And that can be self-destructive as well. Being codependent, mm -hmm. you you will have a lot of things that um, are destructive about that ultimately. Right. right. Yeah. So what is the next thing on our list? Seven signs you might not be living up to your potential. So the next thing I like talking about this topic is you envy others' success. So you may be looking at what other people are doing or accomplishing in their lives and feel kind of like you begrudge them for that. Maybe you feel like, mm -hmm. why do they have that when I don't? Or you feel this sense of 
they don't deserve it. Um, or you just, or you feel less than like, I wish I could have that, but I don't deserve it. And you feel jealousy around that. And I think there's a lot of uh, judgment around that emotion of feeling envy or feeling jealousy, that it's somehow like a character flaw if you're a person who feels those things. And I like to reframe that and look at that in a different way, because I, it could be just an indicator that that person has something that you also desire. And that doesn't make you wrong or bad for desiring those things, but it's just highlighting something that maybe you're wanting to focus on. I don't know. What do you think, Michelle? No, I think that's right. I think there's a lot of these kind of, you know, almost taboo words that aren't actually bad, right? If we all is <laughs> being jealous or having envy, I mean, that's kind of, that's, we all feel that, right? If we're all being honest, right? We all feel that, right? Even though, quote unquote, we were not supposed to, right? That it's just a natural thing. So like you're saying, Laura, it can be a motivation, right? If I'm looking at somebody who has a doctorate degree and, you know, that I, I wish I could have that for myself, that's, that's motivation, right? And I, I can want that for myself, right? So those things are okay. Um, so yeah, I'm glad that you reframed that for our listeners. Yeah. And like you said, and if you can acknowledge that, oh, okay, well, this is indicating to me that that's something that I might want to have in my life as well. Then you stay away from the dark side of envy and jealousy, which is getting kind of catty and yeah, oh, they have a doctorate degree. They're not smart enough to have a doctorate degree. That's when it gets <laughs> a little, little bit, you know, we're getting into that uncomfortable space of, of being judgmental and, mm -hmm. and just not feeling good about it. But if you can look at jealousy as a way of seeing somebody just has something that you're wanting to create in your life and be open to that, then you can start moving in the direction of creating whatever that is instead of wasting your energy begrudging them and, and whatever they have. Right. Yeah. Cause that, that's a two, two uh, step effort there. Right. First. Okay. Yeah. I'm realizing I want this thing. Oh, but then they have it. So how, you know, I'm just going to put them down or put myself down. Right. Well, you can never get this Michelle, or you would never, you know, you don't deserve that kind of like what you're saying. Right. That's when it becomes, you know, crossing over to into the dark side, like you said. Yeah. And there's a whole culture of that right now with social media, people who are anonymous, who are writing nasty comments to people who are, you know, trying to post their best lives online. And if you're doing something like that, I think that would be a good time to stop and question, why am I doing this? Why do mm -hmm. I feel compelled to put this other person down? Is it because they have something that I want? And instead of wasting my energy, putting them down, is that there, is there something that I could do to bring that into my own life experience? Right. And I think putting them down or telling ourselves that we don't deserve it is the easier effort over than saying, okay, this is something I want. What are the steps I need to put in place to get that? You know, so it's just a lot easier to, you know, say something rude or like you're saying, make an anonymous comment or whatever it is, right? That That's the easier of the two. And um, the easiest way is not often the best way. Yeah, it usually isn't. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's take a little break. And when we come back, we are going to be talking more about the seven signs that you might not be living up to your full potential and giving you some tips for how you can uh, get on the right track. So stay tuned. You're listening to Holding Ground. Have something important to say? Want to help improve our world? Need to promote your business uniquely and effectively? KKNW is the answer. Our staff helps broadcasters and podcasters create professional sounding audio. Bring your talent and let our experts help you craft a radio show or podcast that best delivers your message. Learn more at 1150kknw.com. That's 1150kknw.com. KKNW, talk variety that's live and local. Thanks for tuning into our brand new show, Holding Ground. You can find us here every Monday morning at 9 a.m. I'm Laura Richer, founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective. 
And I'm Michelle Mooney, the co-host of Holding Ground, a therapist at Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Our passion, our one big thing in life, above and beyond love, relationships, trauma, addiction, and healing, our specialty is helping others. Every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com. Easy on the ears, good for the soul. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Holding Ground. I'm Michelle Mooney here with the founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective, Laura Richard. Today we are talking about the seven traits that might indicate that you are not living up to your full potential and offering you some tips on how to overcome those obstacles uh, that might be tripping you up. Um, And if you have any questions specific to you and your situation that you would like to have answered, head over to our website, anchorlighttherapy.com, where you can request a complimentary consultation with one of our therapists and see how we can help you achieve your goals. Yes, um, and you can also right, email Laura, so us next... at holdingground at anchorlighttherapy.com if you have any questions you want us to answer on the air. That's right, that's right. Yes, don't forget, that's our new email address. So yeah, reach out to us. We want to hear from you and answer your questions on the show. Um, okay, so Laura, the next sign that we have that you might not be living your best life, might not be living up to your potential is you don't know what your uh, values are or you're not living up to your values, right? So um, values is this concept I think a lot of people look at, okay, my value is trust and loyalty and honesty, right? These really big overarching values, but you know, most people never sit down and really kind of investigate what their values are, because there's many, right? There's many out there. So I just listed some of the very common ones, right? Um, But there's things like, you know, some people value appearance, some people value, you know, have a high value for education, you know, some people, you know, have a high value of, you know, engaging in the musical art, you know, there's a lot more specific values that we don't think of, and some may be considered negative or positive, but whatever those values are, those are your values. Um, So, Something I like to do with clients around values is after we look at the pages and pages of possible values you can have and whittle those down for each individual, try to get to a point where you have like your top 10 values. Um, And then if you, anytime you make a decision in life, right, should I go to that school? Should I befriend that person? You know, what direction should I take? As long as you're hitting at least seven of your values in that decision-making process, that's probably the best way for you to go, right? So if you're making a decision, you're only hitting like one or two values, then maybe that's not exactly what you should be doing. So um, again, really sitting down and investigating these, and a therapist can really help you with this. I help clients with this a lot um, because, you know, they'll come to me and say, okay, I want to start, you know, aiming towards, you know, everything that matches my values. And I ask them, okay, so what are your values? Well, I don't know. So let's talk about that today, right? So um, that that's a really important one. Um, And your values will be your guide. Yeah. And I think, like you said, a lot of times we don't really learn these things or, or get prompted to ask these questions of what do we really value? And so we just take on the values of society or our families or our cultures mm-hmm. and, and we pursue creating life experiences through that lens, but it might not actually line up with what you truly want. Um, I know for me, again, going back to my, my work experiences is that when I initially started working, I needed money. And that was a a fact to live in this world. You need money. So I started to pursue careers where I felt that I could make the most money. But as time went on, what I started to realize is I didn't actually, that wasn't my most motivating factor that I, 
that while stability and security, which is what money represents, it are very nice things to have. And for some people, those are very high ranking on their values list. And that's great. But for me personally, I value freedom and, and autonomy over those things. And so working mm-hmm. in a, a structured corporate setting, while the security and the stability was there, the freedom and the autonomy was not. And so when I found myself going into being an entrepreneur, I personally felt much more satisfied because that type of work was more in line with my values. Other people would not find that satisfying because, you know, using the same example, security and stability is not something that you get when you are an entrepreneur necessarily, at least not in the beginning, for sure. Yeah. I was going to say, but you get there, you get there. (laughs) You get there eventually. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, I, those are some really good examples too, right? Laura, some things that people might not necessarily always think about when it comes to value. So there, again, there's a lot of other um, examples out there, right? So things like dependability, diligence, joy, right? Wholeness, health, right? Sometimes we don't even remember that could be a value of ours of ours, rigor, you know, speed, spontaneity, teamwork, all these things are also values, right? So again, really investigate what these might be for you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think in couples therapy as well, this is something that we see a lot when there's conflict in relationships, um, that the, the spouses or the partners in the relationship are maybe not, they're, they're bumping up against each other's values. So you see this a lot in money management, maybe mm-hmm. one partner really values experiences or, or things. And the other one really values, uh, savings for security and stability again. So those, those are things that can, if your values are not aligned, that you're going to start to see conflict in, in your relationship. So this can values and being aligned with your values can show up in all aspects of your life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So knowing what your values are is important. And again, if that seems like a big question that you haven't really had a chance to think about or don't even know how to start thinking about, therapy can definitely help you start to sort that out. Um, The next thing that might be an indicator that you are not living up to your full potential is that you are seeking validation outside of yourself and that you're not able to validate yourself. So We all love to be praised. There's nothing wrong with receiving praise and validation. Um, We all want to feel appreciated. But if that is the only barometer that you have to measure your success, you're going to find yourself probably not feeling fulfilled or not connected with what it is you really want. Because again, you're going to be looking at what success is through the lens of somebody else. And if that aligns with your true authentic version of success, then that's great. But sometimes it doesn't. And so we can be striving to get validation, but then it falls flat and it doesn't really mean anything because these are not things that are really authentic to you. So what's an example of that, Michelle? Where have you seen that with clients? Oh, I mean, this, this happens with clients. This happens with, you know, people I know in my own life. Right. Um, and this can come up a, a lot. Um, 
with uh, different attachment styles as well. So, um, you know, for example, if someone has an anxious attachment style, they probably have a lot more need for external validation, right? To know that they are loved, that they are safe, right? That things are stable. Um, so folks like this might go actually out of their way to seek this validation in a way. So, um, you know, the example, uh, there's a common example, but this happens a lot, right? The one partner in the relationship who constantly needs somebody to respond to their text right away or, you know, return my phone call or we're sitting on the couch and you didn't say I love you in the last 10 minutes, you know, is there something wrong? And, you know, that constant like needing affirmation and validation from something, somebody else to know that we're okay. And that that's the, the worst part about the external validation seeking is if we're not getting that, then we feel like, okay, well, I'm not okay. I'm not lovable, right? I don't look great today, whatever it is, because that's the only way we're trying to feel about it, good about ourselves. And if we're not getting that from others, right? That's that's even more of a catastrophe for ourselves. So even more important, um, even bigger reason why we have to um, find that from within, right? Um, and start practicing that more. Yes. So that's in relationships is a great example that if you are constantly needing the validation of a partner, there's, they're not going to actually be able to offer you what you're looking for because there's something unsettled within you that you're really the only mm -hmm. person that can address. And um they will always disappoint you because you're asking them to do a job that they are not going to be able to do. And sometimes we just can't win the validation of other people. And I've, I've worked with many clients over the years where this comes up in really competitive work environments for whatever reason, they could not meet the expectation of their employer. And that might've been because their employer had completely unreasonable expectations and nobody was going to meet them. But what would end up the impact to the client is that they have sometimes kind of a crisis in feeling like they're not worth anything. I've even had people mm -hmm. feel suicidal because they aren't functioning at the level that their work environment is asking them to. And they feel like they are worthless because of it. And that all comes from an inability to, to really validate yourself. Cause if you truly are connected with your value, your purpose, what is meaningful to you that when somebody shows up and tells you you're not enough, there's something inside of you that can say like, okay, well, maybe that's their issue. Maybe that's, maybe this is the wrong situation for mm -hmm. me to be in. It doesn't mean I need to change or be better. Certainly if you get constructive feedback and you want to reflect on that and see if there are ways that you can improve, fantastic. But if you're finding yourself in a place where you feel like you're worthless or that if you can't stay at this job or be in this relationship, that life has no meaning, there's some internal work to do. Yeah. And if you think about it on that level, right? Like how small of a worldview is that kind of, right? If I'm only looking at my job and my boss as a way to either feel good or feel bad about myself, right? And there's so much more if we zoom out, right? Mm -hmm. There are relationships, there are passions, there are hobbies. It doesn't have to be just that one thing. And people can get really focused on, okay, if my boss doesn't like me, that's the, that's the be all end all, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's the breaking point. So, um, you know, just thinking about like how small that world is if you're living in that. So, and, you know, some, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying, and just that that is very, and it's scary. It's scary mm -hmm. to not see that bigger picture. And then there's also really like tangible reasons why that's scary. This is who pays me my paycheck. And maybe I have a family yeah. that depends on me. And, and, and these are all valid fears. But if you can zoom out and see the bigger picture, most people can also see that there are other options available to them. 
Yeah. And, you know, so trying to find this internal validation for yourself, um, try thinking about um, a time where or a setting where you do feel the most confident, right? So maybe you're not great at your job, but, you know, you're an excellent, um, you know, cheerleading coach for your daughter's cheerleading team or something like that. Where do you feel confident? There's some place in your life where you feel like, okay, I, I have some, some confidence here. I know I have some good traits here. Um, you know, when do you really feel like you know exactly what you're doing, right? When, when are you kind of the driver of the show? When do you know, okay, yep, I'm, this is, a, you know, this is, you know, a reflex for me, basically, because, you know, this is just something I'm so good at. So asking yourself these questions, trying to get really specific as possible, um, and start, you know, patting yourself on the back for those things, right? Practice, you know, giving yourself the compliments that you want to hear from others, because other people can't do this for you. They can't. That's, that's just, at the end of the day, other people are not going to be able to make you happy. No, and this is the biggest source of suffering I think I see mm-hmm. with with clients is that they don't find they aren't connected with their own self-worth outside of other people validating them. And that's a very painful place to exist from because sometimes we can't get any outside validation. We don't have any control over that. You know, maybe you're in a relationship with a, a narcissist or you work in a toxic work environment and there's just no validation to be had outside of yourself. You're going to want to be able to have the skills to access something within where you can still find your sense of self-worth without that outside validation. And again, yeah. we all, as people, we want, we want to feel connected to our to our community and we want to be appreciated and that is normal. And I don't think anyone exists without the desire to, to feel valued in some sort of way outside of themselves, but it it has to come from within as well. Yeah. And Laura, I just want to say how beautiful you are and what a great uh, business owner you are. Oh, well, and yeah, you, Michelle. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I needed a little external validation. I could today. tell. I could tell. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't hurt, right? I, I right. absolutely appreciate it. Yeah. But at the exactly. same time, you know, I wouldn't, there are people that as I've gone through like my business, for example, that, that have not either appreciated me or or what I was offering wasn't what they were looking for. And if I didn't have a sense of being able to say, okay, you know, I'm not for everybody, but there is the population that I am good at working with. I wouldn't have been able to continue on without right. that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. So this kind of goes into the next point that we have is, um, and this is something that might happen if you aren't able to validate yourself is that you feel empty. So you might feel alone or isolated. Um, and that's normal. We all feel kind of empty from time to time, depending on what's happening in our lives. But if it's a chronic feeling of emptiness, it's something might be pointing to the fact that you are not living up to your fullest potential because maybe you're on the wrong path. And that's why there's, why emptiness is showing up in your life experience. And you notice that things don't really mean anything to you. Um, so emptiness can be a lack of purpose. It can also on a deeper level be when you feel like you don't even matter. Um, Mm -hmm. so depression probably goes along with emptiness. Um, you might feel like you don't have any purpose or that, that your life isn't really making a difference. So Michelle, what do you do when you're feeling empty? 
Yeah. And I think, you know, I think you help clients or listeners and clients kind of identify what that might be feeling like, but you know, this, this can feel like for a lot of people, like I'm just kind of like this empty vessel that goes to work and then I come home and then I do my thing at home. And I just, you know, it's that momentum piece, right? You're just running on momentum. You're not getting anything else out of life or giving maybe even anything else, right? You're just going through the steps. Like, you know, we can see that in relationships too, you know, just going through the step of the relationship you know, buying the house, getting married, all of that, but there isn't that actually that love there and that joy there where we're, we're just taking this, those steps. So the same thing is in life. So that, that can be a real huge indicator that you're feeling empty. And again, feeling that emptiness with things that aren't good for ourselves, right? So maybe with a toxic relationship or with some sort of like harmful behavior or some, you know, behavior that is going to ultimately stand in our way from um, achieving our goals, right? So if you're feeling like you're kind of just going from place to place in life, um, you're definitely probably feeling um, that sense of emptiness. And you're right, that depression piece, Laura, is huge with this, right? So if you're feeling as though you don't matter, you know, you're just waking up, going to work, you know, coming home, repeat that kind of groundhog day feeling, right? You're going to probably start to feel depressed, you know, definitely, um, you know, a feeling of isolation sometimes. And when we get into that point of like, I don't matter, you know, what am I doing here? That can be, that can be a dangerous and tricky place to navigate. So you know, that's a great time to start talking to a therapist for sure. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, I think it's time for us to take another little break. Um, And so when we come back, we're going to be continuing to discuss the seven signs that you might not be living up to your full potential and what you can do about it. So stay tuned. You're listening to Holding Ground. Hi, I'm Dr. Shelley Flace with today's tip for kids from the American Academy of Pediatrics. The nicotine in e-cigarettes is addictive and can harm brain development. That's why I worry about teens who try e-cigarettes. Many young people use pod-based e-cigarettes like Juul, which have high levels of nicotine. And because teens' brains are still developing, they can quickly become addicted. The tobacco industry uses fruit and candy flavors to attract young people, often turning them into lifelong users. For more, visit HealthyChildren.org. Thanks for tuning in to our brand new show, Holding Ground. You can find us here every Monday morning at 9 a.m. I'm Laura Richer, founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective. And I'm Michelle Mooney, the co-host of Holding Ground, a therapist at Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Our passion, our one big thing in life, above and beyond love, relationships, trauma, addiction, and healing, our specialty is helping others. Every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com. Find our app in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store and take us with you wherever you go. Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Welcome to Holding Ground. This is Laura Richer, founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective, and I'm here with my co-host, Michelle Mooney. And today we are discussing the seven signs that you may not be living up to your highest potential and offering some tips for how you can change gears and start creating a life that you love. So Michelle, what is next on the list? Yeah, Laura, the next one is you are easily frustrated. So I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this, at least from time to time, right? We all know that feeling. We have a very short fuse. Um, There's this concept of um, our window of tolerance, right? So how open is that window? How much tolerance can we take in, right? Usually throughout the day or throughout, you know, hard times in life, that window, that opening gets smaller and smaller, right? So when there's too much stuff that can't all go out that window, right? That 
that overwhelms us and then we're easily frustrated. So, um, you know, frustration is like this flashing red light, right? It's this warning um, that often can precede an impulsive act like bursting out into anger or, you know, something like that. And, you know, anger and frustration are relatively um, the same emotion in a lot of ways, right? But um, frustration is there for a reason. So we want to, you know, pay attention to it and look at it um, because both self uh, frustration and anger ultimately boil down to telling us, okay, something doesn't feel fair here, right? Something isn't going quite right. Something, you know, the bus didn't come on time, right? I didn't get that promotion, you know, all of those things. Something, Something's not fair here. Um, and so when we look at frustration and anger, if we look at it as kind of this iceberg, right? On top of the water, we can see anger and frustration, but what's underneath that, right? There's all these other emotions and events that are fueling this surface emotion, this surface thing that we're feeling or showing others. Um, so where are those emotions coming from? What are those connected to? So um, again, a lot of, oh, I'm, yeah, go No, ahead. no, don't, don't apologize. Oh, okay. um, so, <laughs> it's I hard when thinking... we're on Zoom, I can't see you. So I just hear the little, I can tell that you're about to talk. So anyway, go ahead. <laughs> the quirks of doing a COVID radio yeah. show. Um, so I was just thinking about being frustrated and, and the idea that that's a surface emotion and that is absolutely true. When everything is frustrating you, you want to ask. It's not about the thing you think it's about. So if you're driving and everybody's an idiot on the road, you know, bad drivers, you encounter that in heavy traffic. And that could be somewhat true. But really, if everyone around you is driving you crazy and you're so frustrated, what is really going on underneath that? I mean, I know for myself, if I'm really stressed out and, you know, somebody's driving to work at every turn, everyone's annoying me. It's probably because I'm unorganized, I'm late to work, I have limited capacity, maybe I've had a really long work week and I'm tired, you know, there's going to be all these other things that are going to contribute to you having such a short fuse. So instead of focusing on what everyone else is doing that's bothering you or frustrating you, it's a good time to say, okay, what is, what's underneath this? What's really going on? Yeah. I mean, one good way of looking at is my frustration, you know, in check here, is it reasonable for me to be frustration, frustrated is, is your level of frustration and then how you act based on that frustration out of proportion to the situation, right? So if you're leaving the house and you forget the keys and you have to go all the way back upstairs to get your keys and you're huffing and puffing and, you know, you get in and the dog's right there and you're yelling at the dog to move out of the way and you can't find your keys and, you know, you're telling yourself, you know, all these negative things, right, about not being able to, you know, it can kind of just like snowball and it's like, well, wait a second, you just forgot your keys. Like most people do, you might be about two minutes late, right, but so when we blow um, all these things out of proportion and when we also are looking at frustration to, um, reinforce things that we already think are negative, either about ourselves or about the world. Your example, right, with driving Laura. Oh, everyone, everyone's in my way. See, everyone is an idiot. You know, it's just yeah. this huge <laughs> blown out of proportion thing. It, it's informing you. It's telling you something needs to really be looked at there, right? But when we're, it's all this outward projection of everyone else is the issue or every other thing is the issue, the red light, the hot water's not working, whatever it is. Um, you know, it's, it's an internal thing, right? Why are you having such um, over-the-top response to these things. And a good reason for that is that you may not be living up to your full potential. You may be doing a lot of things that you don't want to be doing. Maybe you have a, a job that you hate or your life is way busier than you want it to be. You know, a, 
that has not been a problem in 2020, but prior to that, no, 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 yeah, (laughs) we were just, you know, a lot of people, a lot of clients that I had would just load their schedule so full to make everybody else happy to go to all the events, to do all the kids activities, to do everything that they were supposed to be doing in quotation marks. And yet they weren't taking care of themselves. And so they, they were feeling frustrated because they weren't doing the things that aligned with what was valuable to them. So I think when you're feeling a lot of frustration, you want to ask yourself, where am I out of balance? What, what am I doing? That's not aligned with what I truly want to be doing. Yeah. And this frustration, the way we can act on that, right. Can only lead to further um, drama or dissatisfaction. So let's say you're very frustrated. Something happened, you know, outside of the home for some reason. And so you come home and you bring all that frustration home and your spouse is there and your children are there and you're nasty to them. Right. Because um, you know, you have to release that pressure valve a little bit. Right. And so we can tend to take it out on people that we love and care about. And then we look back at the next morning, like, Oh gosh, I wish I wouldn't have said that to my spouse or to my kid. Right. But this frustration is kind of really poisoning everything. So now we're even more frustrated that, you know, we behave that way. So it just keeps feeding into it. Yes. And if you've ever observed somebody uh, being frustrated, I have a few close people in my life who are prone to frustration. You've seen I won't, frustration? Well, okay. I won't mention any names. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, but, I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> but you watch it as this interesting chain of events that one, one frustrating, if you're observing it, or I've had uh-huh. it happen to me as well, where maybe one thing frustrates me. And then all of a sudden you like stub your toe and drop the cup you were holding. And it just like, totally unravels like frustration just snowballs and Mm -hmm. until until you just have to throw your hands up because it's it's not working to go to that frustrated place so for you michelle when you see clients who are getting frustrated and that's a common theme in their lives what do you Mm -hmm. what do you notice is going on with them well, with most things, right, like some of the other things we've talked about earlier, like envy and, um, you know, having the self-numb and all that, it's it's really getting down to that root of what's going on. So, you know, a lot of the uh, advice we're giving today is, you know, really sit down and investigate and see what's going on. But sometimes we can't, you know, do that all on our own. We need somebody else to do that with us. Um, so really whittling down to see what 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 is actually going there. And one way of doing this is, so you're feeling frustrated or you're feeling sad or you know you're feeling lonely whatever it is okay those are the emotions and underneath the emotions are needs that aren't being met right so we wouldn't be sad if you know x y and z was winding up in our lives right we wouldn't feel frustrated if you know things were going, you know, as well as we would like them to, that sort of thing. So really looking underneath what that frustration is or that sadness or that depression or that anxiety. So then, you know, okay, these are the things that we actually need to work on um, is a really good way of doing that. And if you're chronically frustrated just about everything, so maybe it's not even just one source, maybe you're just this embodiment of frustration, um, you know, that this could be happening from all different angles in your life. All, you know, there, there's probably a big core root of why frustration is um, coming up for you. Frustration might even just be a, you know, a symptom of that point of some much bigger issue. And I think that it usually is. I think yeah. anger and frustration kind of function the same way that's a surface emotion um, and it kind of helps you to out focus your attention on things outside of yourself that are bothering you but usually underneath that you're going to find grief or sadness or something that mm-hmm. if you were to address that underlying issue it might start to resolve some of the surface things 
And another thing with clients that I see often, and I've experienced this in my own life as well, um, is your expectations are really unrealistic. So uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer, who I love, who is an American psychologist and spiritual teacher said, needing to have things perfect is the surest way to immobilize yourself with frustration. Hmm. And I think that is one of the biggest things that people deal with is they are frustrated with themselves because their expectations, either they're trying to live up to somebody else's expectations and they're not able to do it because it's not authentic to them, or they're, they're, they have an expectation for perfection that is just, it's just not realistic. Mm -hmm. Right. And then understanding why do you have this expectation of perfectionism or perfection for yourself? You know, where did you learn that things have to be perfect all the time? Where did you learn that the only way things will go right is if you, you know, you get straight A's and all of that, you know? So, you know, unpacking that too and realizing, oh yeah, I don't have to be perfect all the time. Right. And then we don't have that expectation, like you're saying, Laura, and then we, you know, we won't feel disappointed. We don't, we don't hit an unreasonable mark of uh, perfection. Yeah. And that frustration might be telling you that that's really not the mark you need to be hitting anyway. So yeah. if you're really focused, I've noticed this a lot with people who are focused on, on their bodies and that their body needs to be a certain weight or size or, and they just, you know, what it's going to take to be that is not in line with their values. And so they're constantly frustrated. They're, they're not reaching a goal that isn't really even their goal. Maybe it's society's goal or their partner's goal or their family's goal, but it's yeah. not. And, and so they're spinning their wheels and frustrated because they're not getting to where they want to go. Cause in reality, it's not what they want to be doing. Right. Right. So Laura, our next one that we have, our last one for today is this feeling of your life lacks direction. So we've been kind of talking about this um, a little bit throughout the show, but this is a little bit um, more specific, right? So when we, um, you know, many of us can be approached by somebody with a great business idea or an exciting proposition or a great money maker, and certainly these things can look attractive, but if you don't believe in what you're doing and you don't feel as though if it's uniquely suited for you, um, you know, you, you'll be very ready to trade it in for something else, right? So, oh, this doesn't feel good right now, or this is the next hottest thing, or yeah, you know, I, I'm going to try this now. And you're just constantly shifting from thing to thing without really sitting down and saying, okay, this is where I want to go, right? This is the schooling I need to do to, to get the education I want, or this is a volunteer opportunity I need to take so I can be a voice of advocacy in some sort of way, instead of just latching onto the bright new shiny thing that's right in front of your face at the time. And this is a big, you know, existential question. What is my purpose? This is a question that people are asking themselves. And, and that can be overwhelming because you feel, sometimes people feel like they need to have one specific thing that they need to focus on and that it needs to be, you know, a really big goal. Like I want to be the president or something and, and direction, <laughs> having direction and purpose and meaning in your life is going to be specific to you. And for some people, mm -hmm. that's going to be a really big, uh, big thing that's on, you know, a world stage in some sort of way. And for other people, they might find meaning in their lives in, in just really things that are considered more, that are simple, but are meaningful to them. So pursuing things that look good to other people or that sound good to other people, or that maybe other people want you to do probably are not going, unless those are the things you want as well, are not going to 
lead you to feeling like you have purpose and direction in your life. So you'll kind of feel like you'll be, you're just flailing. And like you said, you're just reaching for the next thing, hoping that that might be the thing that feels meaningful to you because you don't really know what is meaningful to you. Mm-hmm. And as we're talking about this, something I think about is um, relationships and, you know, for uh, more specifically, um, what dating looks like these days in our world. So, um, you know, Laura, I know we have a little bit of an age difference, but, you know, both of us, we didn't grow up in a time of online dating, right? It was still this, uh, you know, I'm going to meet a boy at school, or I'm going to meet a girl at the grocery store, or, you know, through a friend of a friend, right? There wasn't this, like, you know, I kind of think about online dating as this, like, store, right? It's like the Amazon of people in a way, like, oh, that one looks good. You know, I'm going to go on a couple dates with her. Okay, that didn't feel great. So now I'm going to go to this next one, right? And you're just kind of like bouncing around, um, you know, trying to maybe find this like potential partner, but you know, you're just latching onto the next great idea. And just what's the newest thing out there versus, okay, you know, what do I want out of a relationship? And some people, you know, don't want a committed relationship. And I'm not trying to say that you should, but you know, if if you are looking for a deeper connection with somebody, but you're just constantly like, you know, again, like dropping one person and trying the next one and that sort of thing, um, you know, you're not really finding that direction and then taking that direction within a relationship. Yes. Dating is a place where you can find a lot of people with lack of direction. That is, Mm -hmm. and again, what you said, sometimes people feel like they want to be in a relationship, but they don't even really know why. Maybe they, they feel Mm -hmm. lonely or they feel like it's, you know, they're 35 and they haven't been married yet. So they need to find somebody because that's what society tells us or all of these reasons that may or may not be authentic to them. And so you will have probably some absurd dating experiences when you're not really clear on what it is you're looking for. <laughs> or even more, even when you are, you can have some absurd <laughs> dating experiences. True. Not that Online I would dating yeah. creates a lot of opportunity <laughs> for some interesting experiences. Um, and while we didn't grow up with that, we both have experienced right. that. It's an interesting world out there. It really But is. it's easier it really to is. navigate when you know what you're looking for because, it, mm-hmm. and you know what you want out of a relationship, what you value, what your, what kind of purpose, what kind of person would line up with your direction in life. So if you want to settle down and have a family and you're dating people who want casual relationships, it's, it's not going to, you're going to continually be disappointed. Yeah. And that value matching piece and all of that. Right. So yeah. Or if you're meeting a girl online and she's cute, but she doesn't want kids and I do, I mean, ultimately that's, that's never going to work out. Right. So that those are the pieces of direction and, you know, we're making this very specific to relationships, but it's a really good example of when you're, like you said, Oh, I'm 35. I'm not married. Well, time to check that box that society tells me that I should have checked when I was 26, but you know, now I really have to do it. Right. And you're doing it for reasons other than, you know, what you actually want your own life to look like you know I had a client recently and he was dating and he was having just he just never really liked anybody and nobody he dates people for a couple months and then it was just he didn't really see them as the right fit for him and so we got into a conversation about that well what are you trying to get out of this well I need to get married and have kids and I said okay (laughs) well why do you want to get married and have kids? And he said, because my mom wants me to. And so, (laughs) and so we had a deeper conversation around that. And he's like, well, I don't know what else I'm supposed to be doing. But the thing is it wasn't working because it wasn't, that wasn't really what he wanted. And, and, and we continue to work together about what that really is for him. Cause that's a big question. You know, a lot of us don't 
know what it is we're looking for. I know using the example of career, I didn't know what I wanted out of a career. So it was really hard to choose something that would be in line with what I wanted because I didn't know what it was. And for him, that's the same in relationship, but he's been trying to pursue what his mom wants for him. And that we're uncovering, it's not really what he's wanting for himself. So of course, nobody feels like a good fit or nobody feels good enough because that's not what he wants. You know, nobody will feel good enough to have children with if you don't actually want to have children. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really great point. Well, I, I hope he uh, was able to sort that out. Cause yeah, that's hard when we have this pressure and, you know, from family and, you know, whether it is with a relationship or other things that we feel like, you know, we should be doing in our lives. And that's that poisonous S word again, that should, right. I should be at this job or in this educational program or living in this particular city or whatever it is, all those shoulds, right. You're just, that's not what you really want, right? It's what someone else is telling you you should want or someone else is telling you what you should do. Um, so stick away from the shoulds. Yes. Anything that feels like a should is probably leading you in the wrong direction. And I think all of the, as you're thinking about living up to your fullest potential, I think the first thing you want to decipher between what is your version of your full potential and mm -hmm. are you pursuing that versus what, society tells you, your family tells you, you know, making sure that the things that you're doing are aligned with your values and that will help you find direction. Mm -hmm. it, it's very easy to feel like we're just like out in the world aimless when we, we are trying to pursue other people's goals. Yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking as we're talking about this too, like, you know, live up to your full potential and like the, you know, the motivational posters, I think that we all are kind of familiar with. Right. And it's someone standing on top of Mount Everest, you know, with their hands on their hips and, you know, he lived up to his full potential. And that's not what we're saying here. If that is a goal and dream of yours, great, but that's not what, you know, what your full potential looks like to everyone. So get specific and, you know, again, does this meet your values? Is this, you know, actually bringing you joy or is this bringing somebody else joy, right? Am I getting fulfillment out of these things? Am I feeling full versus empty, right? And whatever those things are, that that's what your potential is. And that's what you should try to aim for. Exactly. And that might look different to everyone. I'm actually watching this show on HBO right now called High Maintenance. And it's about a weed delivery service. And this guy's job is <laughs> okay. delivers weed to his clients. And I was, and to me, that does not sound like an appealing career path. And at the same time, as I'm watching this show, I can't tell if he's, if this character is happy or not, but there is a lot of uh, purpose in what he's doing and how he interacts with his clients and the stories that evolve around that. So while that isn't my, what I'm seeking, you know, purpose and meaning comes in all kinds of different forms and you want to mm -hmm. connect with the one that is for you, which might look, you know, off to other people and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also really appreciate the pun in that show title. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I was thinking like, oh, this must be about a beauty pageant or something. And no, no, I love that. So even yeah. better. Um, okay. It is very good. If you haven't watched it, it's entertaining <laughs> to say the least. I don't know. I don't know if it's inspirational, but definitely entertaining. To, you know, again, and that's that very specific piece to some people that would be very inspirational. And when you're talking about that, you know, people's uh, potential and, you know, what, what makes them happy in their life looks different for everyone, right? There, there's this older, I don't, not older, older, but a handful of years old uh, documentary. And I don't know if it's still on Netflix. I think that's where I saw it. And I've actually shown this to clients before in like a group setting. It's called Happy. And it's just exploring, you know, throughout the world, throughout cultures, throughout, um, 
um, income classes, all of that, where people are finding their happiness and where we might think, you know, in this fast paced, everything's beautiful, kind of like American society, you know, there's places in the world that do not have um, resources that we have or the material things that we have. And people are still just as happy, if not more than what we are, than, you know, we could possibly be here, you know, in other parts of the world. So it's a really great one to watch. Um, and that is kind of inspirational and motivational that we can't find our happiness and purpose, you know, regardless of, you know, the things that are around us, the external factors. Yes, I love that. And those places, they also live with much longer usually, which is very interesting. Yeah. With all, all the chaos. All right. Well, that is it for today. Thank you so much for joining us. Again, if you have any interest on uncovering what it might look like to live up to your full potential, go over to anchorlighttherapy.com and you can schedule a complimentary consultation to chat with us and see how we might be able to help you create a life that you love. So thank you for listening and we'll be back next Monday. Thanks for tuning in to Holding Ground. You can find us here every Monday morning at 9 a.m. I'm Laura Richer, owner of Anchor Light Therapy Collective. And I'm Michelle Mooney, a therapist at Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com. We'll see you next week.